1: Welcome to Spirits Podcast, Episode 7, Flood Special Edition. This is not just one myth from one society for you guys. It's a whole handful of myths from co- all continents, all different times, all different traditions, explaining something that apparently is very fundamental to human society. Great floods and great destruction and exciting renewal. You guys know Noah.
2: But I don't think you guys know these other myths. We go from China. We go to Africa. We go to Europe. Mesopotamia. Europe.
1: Mesopotamia. Mesoamerica. Mesoamerica. We go to Arizona. That's where the Hopi are, right? Uh, Yes, we go across the land bridge from Asia to North America, folks. We're going all the way back and up to the present day to bring you flood myths from throughout the ages. We'd like to thank
2: everyone who's rated and reviewed us on iTunes. We really appreciate you guys going out there and taking some time to write us up a quick message. It's like super nice to read. Amanda and I were just giggling over our most recent one. It warms the the depths of our
1: heart. It sends a flood of emotion over us. That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing new listeners to the show really is the best way to support us. We also, of course, have a Patreon where we're putting all kinds of exciting show notes and sober reflections on our drunken selves. Um, It is a lot of fun for us to put together our Patreon only content every episode so we'd love if more of you could join us over there
2: you only need a donation of three dollars or more
1: to get some really awesome content yes and we hope that we'll see you over there today we are drinking cruiser cocktails in honor of our flood cruise ship type motif don't question it just go with it uh the best i can say for this cocktail is if you have coconut rum to get rid of and also some orange or pineapple juice it's an acceptable method not our best cocktail, but if you check out our Patreon page, you can get a recipe card with these uh, ingredients and instructions in case you want to—I don't know—play along. Say
0: goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
1: In the meantime, we hope you enjoy Spirits Podcast Episode 7, Flood Edition.
2: So Amanda and I, when we were, like, 9, 10, probably, something like that, we were in the same, like, Catholic school religion class. We were. It's, like, the thing that we would go to after real school to get our, um, like, confirmation, not confirmation, communion
1: classes, I guess? Communion and then confirmation, right? It was Sunday school, but it was after school. Yeah, it was weird. We we
2: didn't go to, like, a Catholic school or anything. We Went to a normal school, and then the church was, like, three blocks away.
1: Yes, it was held at a Catholic school, mm-hmm. but we went to a public school and just went there after our normal class hours had ended for, like, an hour of religious instruction to get our communion and then confirmation. But most importantly, we were able to stop at the pizza parlor in between school and religious ed to yes. get a of pizza. And
2: also, like, the, like, not 7-Eleven, but drugstore one where you can the, get, like... The Suburban Bodega. Yes, uh, the Suburban Bodega. Mo- Suburban bodega. suburban bodega. Suburban bodega. Suburban bodega. Suburban I can't. No. It's okay. not going to happen. Continuing? Um where you get like candy and shit before in the like kind of kind of sneak it into your mouth while you're trying to learn about like oh yeah Moses there was no shit. food
1: or gum permitted in this catholic school. And yet. So I specifically remember buying a messenger bag for myself at Limited 2. Oh my god. With my Christmas money. Oh my god. That had a strap in the or rather that had a pocket in the strap that because they could tell if you were reaching into a bag for something but they couldn't tell if you're reaching into your strap of your messenger bag there's no pockets there normally <laughs> so you would draw out your box of nerds or your milky way or something well you don't do box of nerds it's way too loud It's way too loud you're anyway, right anyway
2: the no, point you of, would of the story the milky being. way okay 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 <laughs> the point of this story being amanda we'll talk about sneaky snack choices later mm-hmm. was that we both kind of learned the story of um, Noah and the Ark together. We did yes, and the flood myth is like you know, most people know the story of Noah and the Ark, right? Like we can yes. agree, we both kind of know. Yes, what Noah, gets gigantic, Whoa, okay. Noah gets a premonition,
1: builds a gigantic. Okay, Noah gets a dispatch from God. Yes, fair. what are they? What are they oh, uh, it's another synonym I'm not thinking about. Yeah, God delivers a prophecy unto Jonah. Yes, and Jonah, Noah,
2: <laughs> no whales.
1: <laughs> we'll do whales
2: later. So God brings a prophecy unto Noah. He says, you got to gather up all the animals and all your family, build a giant
1: boat, build a giant boat. Cause Which I'm will a- just inexplicably know how to do. It's fine. Cause I'm gonna flood the earth. Right. Exactly. Cleanse the earth. And what's left at the end mm-hmm. is this kind of curated group of, of animals yes. that Noah has somehow, uh, you know, miraculously and divinely, uh, fit into his boat. It's like divine eugenics. Uh, probably he would call it a, a cleansing uh, flood. Yes. But, yes. <laughs> but basically the same concept. Sure. God is pressing the reset button, as it were.
2: Yes. That's the story that we learned. But did you know, Amanda, that uh, there's flood stories from, like, all different kinds of cultures.
1: Hmm. I feel like I recall learning a little bit about Nile flood lore, you know? Mm. Um, but I didn't know that there were great flood stories from other cultures.
2: Yeah, basically every culture has a flood story. Hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about those today because they're interesting in where they're different, but also the fact that they're really, really similar. Interesting. And we're going to kind of see why that is and, you know, what people give reason to and shit like that. So I'm in. All right. Let's get some
1: metaphorical resonance cross S- culture.
2: So we're going to start like pretty close to like Abrahamic, like Middle Eastern kind of mm-hmm. thing. We're going to start with Mesopotamia. Great. So love it. I Me- did my like fifth grade ancient cultures report on Mesopotamia. Yeah, because everyone knows Mesopotamia. It's Bring like it. the first real culture. True. Um, so basically if you look at like Mesopotamia's written history It's broken down into like pre-flood. Clay
1: tablets because they use cuneiform.
2: Oh! Thank you for bringing up that sixth grade knowledge of Mesopotamia. (laughs) Really appreciate it. I'm so proud of that knowledge. (laughs) So basically, their history is broken up into pre-flood and post-flood. Cool. Their story of the flood is the tale of Zia Sudra. Cool. Um basically it dates back to the 17th century BCE which is actually before oh, shit. the Genesis flood myth. That that shit is far back. Yeah, way way far. Like wow. Like people
1: were barely pe- <laughs> people were barely people, back. We had no language. not <laughs> thinking thing. about it. Takes us back to an animal state. <laughs> yeah, no. They like carbon date the clay tablets probably
2: actually. So in the tale of Ziasudra, the Council of Gods decides that they're gonna send a flood to destroy mankind. Like no real reason. Okay,
1: two questions. Go ahead.
2: The gods have a council? Yeah. It's like, okay, so you know how like Mount Olympus, we talked about the Greeks. You guys know the Greeks. We know, we got yes. it. Yes.
1: So there's like a bunch of people. Yeah, but that that's like a like a, you know, a patrimony, like a hierarchy. Okay. There's, you well, know.
2: Well, this one is more like not democracy, because no one's like
1: it's a panel or a yeah, round table? Yeah, it's a panel.
2: It's a round table of gods. They're, like, in a meeting I really about, like that, though. I like that idea. Like, all the gods have their specialties. Mm-hmm. One of them is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and they come together. I was going to say, like, you know, they're discussing third quarter... Um, like earnings. Earnings. Yeah, they're yep. like, the humans aren't doing it for us, so they're like, we're going to restart.
1: Cool. So... Wait, I'm sorry. The second question is, what did humans do to merit this reset?
2: There's no real Who reason. Who knows? Uh, it's a really patchy story. Like a lot of the pieces. Oh, are I'm missing. sorry. I
1: forgot. It was three thousand years ago. Um, it was more than that. <laughs> Thirty five hundred years
2: ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the god Enki, who's okay, he's the god of the underworld sea of fresh water.
1: Makes sense. Like I'm yeah, there. but yep. like
2: the, also that's not really a thing in any other mythology. This is like super Mesopotamian. Yeah, They're like, yeah. where do we get our fresh water from? <gasps> Underground
1: river makes total sense. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um. So he reaches out to this dude uh, Ziusudra, who is like the ruler of this major city in Mesopotamia, a, a human dude. Who human dude? Okay. Yes. And so he goes like, listen, we're gonna flood the earth. Mm. It's coming. And so he basically tells him he has
1: to build a large boat. Great. I'm seeing the resonances. Also, I'd like to point out that you said reach out, which is one of my favorite corporate phrases. Um, And also, like, this god of the the salty undersea. Oh, fresh undersea. The fresh undersea. I'm so sorry. um, Sent him a memo,
2: essentially. Basically. He was like, yeah, listen up. I'm cool. going to send you an email. I'm not CCing any of the other guys.
1: No, no. It's one-to-one. Yes. No BCC. So he does that. Um, no BCC under the sea.
2: Oh! Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with you tonight. I am
2: my own best hype man. You really are. Um, so there's, like, a whole section that's lost about... He actually tells him how to build the boat.
1: Makes sense. Which is crazy. Um, but it's, it's right. gone now. Because Noah was just left with yeah. like no instruction manual and a hammer. Pretty much. Um so
2: Ziyasudra piles a bunch of people from his city into the boat. It gets tossed around by the waters of the flood. Um while they're like kinda chilling there, um, he while they're like, you know, floating on top of the flood mm-hmm. and stuff, he sees the uh sun god Ulu. And Ulu is like, you know, a big fucking deal on the council and shit like that. Oh so- sure. The sun is a is a Big deal. Right. So he prostrates himself. He sacrifices an ox and a sheep. Cool. And then the flood ends. Nice. Like, Ulu was like, hey, he, like, he gave me an ox and a sheep, so I think we're good.
1: Uh, yeah, we're even. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so... So sorry to be clear. The god or the human did the sacrificing? Uh, the human did the sacrificing. Okay. How did he note it? Or just, like, you it's see just, the god and he just do it. Yeah, it's just yeah. like... okay. It's like if Zeus came in front of like you, like, ourselves. let me kill this ox for you
2: right now. <laughs> um... <laughs> I you guys didn't see that, but I made it like a, a <laughs> neck slashing and kind of you thing. He just he casually sawed yeah. off the neck of the goat <laughs> it's or totally whatever. Fine. Yeah, whatever. Um, so the flood ends. The people are saved. Ziusudra thanks the gods, specifically on the sky god because he's also a big deal. He's very like Zeus esque, and a god called Enlil, who is the god
1: of Lord Breath or Eternal Life. That seems like a worthy thing to assign a god to. I think so. Um, So them being
2: like, you know, you did good. You realized you were at fault. You sacrificed some stuff. You did a good job. They give him eternal life or breath eternal. Um, That makes total sense, though. Like like a god is breathing into you a a force that will animate you forever. Kind of like how Adam... Got the life of God breathed into him, and that's how he became human. Um, not as familiar with that part of Genesis, but yes, I believe you. We're going to talk about that at some point, I'm sure. Dope. Um, so he then, you know, is eternal now, and he gets sent to this paradise garden, like super similar to Eden. Dope. Which was like it was an actual city, but like the people who lived at Southern Mesopotamia, it was in northern Mesopotamia, they're like, mm-hmm. That's like a garden of fantasy and delight. And right. Like, that's, it's literally that's just four hundred miles city. away. It's so nice. Um, so that's the Mesopotamia myth. You can kind of see where the biblical story like gets its kind of yes, foundation from. Stuff right. like that. So that's pretty cool. Also in that area, we have the Babylonian story. Yeah. So the Babylonian story is like probably out of all of them, the most similar to the Genesis story. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is the one featuring Gilgamesh. And do you know who Gilgamesh is? I've heard about him as a literary figure. Yes. And that's who he is. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, So he's basically like this hero Babylonian story. He like tries to reclaim death. He does like a bunch of stuff that like any mythological hero would do. Mm -hmm. But in this story, he's basically Noah. It's the same story, um, but they make a point of saying like, "Oh, he saves all the animals too." So, like in the Mesopotamian one, it was just humans. It was just humans, yeah. except for like, I guess they brought a couple of like livestock
1: on to, to feed themselves. To feed themselves, right? Up to the and that makes sense to me. Like, it's up to the gods to repopulate the the fruits right. of the earth. Like, we the like, humans are going to save our ourselves until yeah. we get to Gilgamesh, and they're
2: like, "You need to bring all these animals on." And he's like, and he's like, Ugh, like okay, "Fuck, okay, I, I guess we can do that." Fine, that's fine, I guess. Um, but basically the Genesis story, same concept, the getting into the boat, gods flood the earth, he like is sorry about stuff and then they stop flooding it.
1: <laughs> Wait, so in, in the in the Noah version, mm-hmm. does he repent and that stops the flood? I thought God was just like forty days, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Come out the other side, you're already righteous. Right, pretty
2: much. Um, Noah's one, like, kind of sacrifices, he sends the dove out, I guess. And that's, like, it comes back. Oh, and, to sort
1: of signal the... Yeah. Yeah. He's like, we're good, we're and good. And so in Gilgamesh, I'm mm-hmm. um, sorry, in the Mesopotamian story. Yeah. Was a humankind, like, repenting for sins? Like, why... Or did they just, like, correctly decide to sacrifice in the face of the sun? God? I think
2: it's kind of super, like, um... Did you see the really bad, um... The Titans movie. Clash of the Titans with the uh, somewhat hot guy from Avatar, isn't it? No, I don't think so. play Zeus. No, I don't think so. So basically the whole concept is like the humans aren't worshiping us enough. They're not giving us like the praise that we deserve. So let me show you our mighty power. Exactly. Right. Okay. So that's kind of where they're at. Okay. got it. Sorry. So the next story we're going to talk about, we have a bunch of stories because there are a shit ton of flood stories. Rang it. Uh, Hinduism. I'm thirsty for these floods. I know you. Oh, my fucking God. Boom. <laughs> I'm on a roll. I was going to like actually go along with that, but I'm like, nope, that's, that's
1: terrible. <laughs> I refuse. Wait, sorry. So just to just to round up the Babylonian myth, mm-hmm. um, it's notable because it's just like Noah and they were animals included. And that's that. Yeah. And it was before the actual Genesis story.
2: So Hinduism, several texts include a bunch of stories about a great flood, but the most like prominent story is the story of Matsya, who is a avatar of Vishnu, who's like the Mm -hmm. supreme god in Hinduism. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about Hinduism at some point, but it's his avatar, which is a certain like form of the main god and it takes the form of a fish. Cool. You know, so he warns the first man, kind of like their version of Adam, uh, whose name is Way too on the nose, Manu. Oh, Manu, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So he warns him that there's the impending flood and that he should build a boat.
1: A lot of pressure on the first man. Like, this is just like, hey, person, you're the first man. Also, we're going to flood your entire earth. Learn how to build a boat, bitch. Learn how to build a boat. Pushing out of the nest. Welcome to life. (laughs) And
2: kind of the important difference between the hinduism story and like all the others is that Matsya kind of is like okay listen you're gonna be in a boat for a really long time and we're gonna destroy the earth you know what you should do collect all the green all the different plants in the world you should collect and bring
1: on the boat with you also that's a thing that we have we have seed banks that are in the arctic or in the antarctic one of them <laughs> one of the poles of the earth we, we do we have facilities yeah. of i'm uh, trying like, to
2: remember which pole it is yeah i know i don't I think know it's north or, i
1: mean it, it could i think it is north yeah. it, it could also be in like canada or alaska or somewhere um really far the nordic yeah. countries anyway point being we have a you know very very cold seed bank where if humanity were to go to shit might mean iceland actually um right. we have you know little samples of all of the heirloom fruits and vegetables that we can
2: and uh one of our favorite movies mad max fury road it's true also has that kind of concept where she has the bag full of seeds and stuff to repopulate the earth with so the next one we're gonna go to is one of my favorites bet you didn't know that the greeks had a flood story yo yo my faves. back to the greeks yeah so basically it's this idea that um there were like different generations of humans, which mm-hmm. like the Greeks kinda got right. Like they're there were like, like society, like versions of society. Right. Yeah. So Errors. um basically they're like the gods aren't happy with the bronze race of people. Mm-hmm. Zeus is being like hella racist against the bronze mm-hmm. people. Like, don't do that. Uh, and this is a story told by Plato, so Plato is also being kind of racist against oh, these yeah. bronze people. Classic Plato. Um So they were constantly, like, making war and pissing off Zeus, like, just being douchebags and not worshipping enough, which is a common theme. I'm sensing a theme. So he punishes them by causing a flood because he's, like, the sky god. You know, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So Prometheus. Fire person. Yes, he's always been a fan of humans. He's the one who gave us fire. He's the one who, like, brought us out from being huddling, scared Children. Good one, Prometheus.
1: We were cold. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Also, meat tastes better now. Sorry that
2: you uh, got your liver picked out by an eagle every single day because of it. <laughs> oh, like, right. That's true. Not
1: super cool. Literal worst. God, <laughs> what are the Greeks doing all day that they had Thinking to like are the worst ways to get punished? They the had world. to like invent styles of Socratic dialogue and also terrible liver myths. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: Prometheus. Here in what Zeus is going to do, tells his son, who's human, well, demigod, but like human, okay. uh, Deucalion, that he
1: is needs to build an ark. So he, just saving his son. Yeah. So did he get punished for that? Or
2: already he getting I, litter pecked already out? who knows? It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter either way. Inter- so what were the consequences of the flood? Killed all of the Bronze Age humans. Oh, and reset brought, the thing. Reset it. And that's what brought about like the Golden Age Hellenic...
1: Uh, right, Alexander yeah, type thing. The Greeks, Interesting. the real Greeks, also pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, super, super racist. Not, uh, not, a fan of that one. Thanks, Greeks. Sorry. Grado. Then we kind of get away from Europe a little bit, which is good. Great, because what I did want to point out is this is all kind of around the like Indian Ocean and Mediterranean basin, mm-hmm. um, and I mean like that's where early societies were. Yeah. Obviously, the f- f- cradle. What is it called? The f- the fertile crescent. The fertile crescent. There, the cradle of humanity, etc., yes. cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, not the cradle of aviation, which is an excellent museum in Westbury, Long Island. And And I work there. (laughs) If you should ever find yourself uh, with kids, something to do. Anyway, so it makes total sense. Like they depend on on seasonal flooding to, you know, make their their farms fertile and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like flooding is a big fucking deal. Is a big fucking deal. And if it's wrong, there's serious consequences Mm -hmm. for all society. So it makes total sense. But where are we going outside of Europe? We're going to Africa. Excellent. Literal cradle of humanity. Yes. Um, so
2: it's really interesting because a lot of the African myths are very similar, despite the fact that um, a bunch of tribes and civilizations have like kind of different twists on it. But mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about like the basic concept. But like there we're going to talk about the Maasai version of the story. So it, like you were saying, the river's flood. It's not just like a giant flood. It's mm-hmm. like the rivers are specifically flooding. And so in order to save uh, the human race, um, the Supreme God, which like, you know, there's a lot of different mythology and different deities in Africa, but mm-hmm. there's always a concept of a Supreme God. Even yeah, if thousands up. of tribes and languages, yeah. right? Um, so the Supreme God tells two people to get into a ship. He tells them to take lots of seeds and lots of animals. Not all of them, just like, you know, the ones that they like. Yep. Um, So the flood rises so high that it covers the mountains. Like, that's a really specific one. Oh, wow, yeah. It, straight
1: up covers all the mountains. That's quite an image, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: seriously. The humans allow a dove a dove mm. and a hawk loose. So the dove returns, but the hawk does not. So like, basically it's mm. like the dove was like, okay, so like things are cool, I but the, the hawk is like, there's food out there. I'm gonna find it. Oh yeah. So that's really sweet. I like that. It is cool. Right. And then, I mean, again, it's super similar to that Genesis myth, but that's like, you know, it's not that the Genesis myth is like the correct one. It's just like, it's the
1: one that we know the best. Right. You and so, I know the best. Yeah, yeah. And it's also kind of in our, you know, our, our cultural canon.
2: And so switching up continents again, we're going to China.
1: Dope. East Asia, bring it. So China probably has like the longest flood story. In duration of the timeline of the story? Yes. Okay. So like, you know, we're used to the 40 days and 40 nights. Yes. The Chinese. A one time
2: calamitous flood. Right. The Chinese uh, flood actually takes place over two generations.
1: Wow. Wow. So um Ooh, I'm having an idea for a YA novel now. Like, do you know that there's there's so there's this um fantasy series that was self-published on Amazon called Wool. Okay. It's the silo series. And the whole idea, like the City of Ember novels, if you mm-hmm. recall those, is yes. like humanity has to live underground because something terrible happened, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There are twists. It's actually a really great series. Oh no, it's the, really good. Hugh Howie, I think, is the Wool author, and then the City of Ember series. Anyway, what I'm saying is, you know. What what is the generation that was born and died in the flooded world? That's amazing. Yeah. I wanna write about that. It's crazy, good. So what did what does China okay. have to say? So um basically it's like it's a big theme for them
2: is like displacement because people had to once the flooding happened, people had to leave their homes for the high hills and the mountains or like start living as tree people, like mm. tree houses for sure. the women, like just hanging out in trees basically the whole thing is like major rivers flooded uh and then the kingdom tries to contain it uh there was a prince his name was prince gun uh that that's his name it Mm -hmm. wasn't like he had a gun and they named him prince gun whatever um so he uses this idea of this like self-expanding soil called uh
1: shirang uh which he steals from the supreme uh divinity So self expanding like, kitty litter, like, you toss a handful of salt and it becomes soil? Yeah,
2: kind of. Type thing, right. So he wants to use that to kind of, like, work the rivers and dams and stuff. You know, like, make actual, like, walls that'll keep the rivers from flooding and stuff.
1: Oh, I see. So like a, a kind of like smart putty yes. to dam in the rivers. Yes. Cool. Um. So he tries to use that, but the Supreme
2: Divinity finds out and he like knocks over all the dams and like punishes him and the flood continues. I like
1: how I said smart soil. Yeah. <laughs> like a it's a, it's a, like a Wi-Fi enabled fridge. Yeah. <laughs> like a smart device. Sure. I like that idea that the soil is like, hey, palace, bad things. Ah. What? <laughs> circuitry doesn't mix
2: them up um so from there like a bunch of different people kind to try and like end the flood through acts of heroism like that's a really big focus like oh this person tried this and they saved this many people but they're
1: oh sure But overall they were unsuccessful that's really nice though like kind of individual ultimately futile but still noble human mm-hmm. acts of self-sacrifice yeah. yeah oh
2: so basically none are successful until gun comes in you Um, And so Yu opens up the paths of the rivers and streams to the ocean to help them drain out. And he kind of gets this idea from the god Hebo, who is the god of the Yellow River, which is like a big river for um, like civilized China at that point. Yes. Um. So he kind of makes... The Nile him, of East, right. if you will. Yeah. Um. So he kind of makes him like a map. He's like, this is how the rivers go. Here's where the ocean is. This is what you have to do. And he was like, That's all dope. right, thanks, bro. That's also like, that
1: really cool as well. Like, you you know, you can't work against nature. You can't build up walls to keep it in, but you can work with the topography, right? Like you right. can, you know, give the river a natural outlet to do what it's meant to do. You can't mm-hmm. stop up the tide, but you can help it go somewhere better.
2: And there's like a whole thing where this is kind of the story of how they understand understand how to do like irrigation and stuff like
1: that i love agriculture
2: good Good job china um farming so really if you're looking at it china has like the most realistic flood story and like also like the this is a natural event this is a thing that happened and we like got past it and now we're better people for it i love that isn't that like so great so we're gonna jump continents again we're going to north america excellent um so the second greatest america (laughs) okay um we're gonna go to there's a bunch of different native american myths for this one we're gonna go to the hopi tribe the native americans have a bunch of different myths because there's so many different uh cultures and tribes and stuff uh but these are the ones who kind of have the most specific flood story and Mm -hmm. like maybe the longest one and kind of the most, like... I feel like the Hopi have a lot of water-based right. um, lore. Despite the fact that they were lived in a desert. Yeah, but yeah. water was precious, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Basically, the whole story of the flood is that it leads to the fourth world. So the Hopi break down their history into the first world, the second world, the third world, the fourth world, which is the one we live in now. Oh, they were
1: sequential. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, But they're
2: different, like, periods of time and different, like... yes. Errors. Different errors for the tribe. Cool. Basically, the god Tawa destroyed the third world with a great flood. Mm-hmm. Before it happens, though, Spider Grandmother, which is like the best name for uh-huh. any god ever. I love that. I love it. Tell it's me so more. Good. Um, so she seals all the righteous people, kind of like the rapture. Um, the righteous, meaning the good ones. Yes. Yes. Um, in hollow reeds. Oh like dope. giant hollow reeds, like just put <gasps> all the people in there. That's so cool. That's um, like a grain silo, but for a person Yes. Um, which they use as boats to float around during the flood. That's awesome. Canoes. Yeah. Um so it takes a while, but finally, like all these people land on an island. So they get out of their like little reed boats. Yeah. Um and they look around, but all they see is like water everywhere else. Right. Then Spider Grandmother reappears to them, she says Look, these islands are stepping stones to the New World, and that you people can use it to sail east until they reach it.
1: Was this the Asia to America
2: that's, myth? That's the but assumption. Yes. Yeah. Isn't oh, so cool! So cool. So you really can kind of see them going from like China area and then taking the Polynesian islands all the way until America.
1: I was thinking up over the land bridge into Alaska and down.
2: Possibly. But like either way. If you see where the Hopi are and kinda like see the island layout, it kinda makes more sense for it to be Polynesian, but that's just my opinion. I am not a
1: I don't think they had an awareness of the of the you know continents of the West though. In any case, the fact that they canonically actually human beings came over a land bridge from Africa up through East Asia into the North you know American continent. That is dope.
2: Isn't that cool as shit? Good
1: job, Hopi. Also, any Native or Indigenous listeners, we would love to hear about your mythology and, and tribe folklore. So please get in touch. Yes. Um, and we're going to talk about the last one,
2: which Great. is Mesoamerica. Cool. Um, so scholars kind of have a weird like debate about the Mesoamerican thing because there's... There's, like, arguments that, like, well, clearly when the Spanish came over, they brought their Genesis stories with them, and these were influenced by them. Okay. But others say, like, these are stories that have persisted way before the Columbian Exchange. But there's a couple of interesting different ones. Cool. So I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to start with, like, a super weird one, just because I thought it was, like, really interesting. Bring it so, after Spider-Gramma. I don't know if you, can, uh, if you can top
1: this, though.
2: Okay. Um, so... A man and his dog are the sole sur- survivors of the flood. Excellent. Sounds like on the road. Uh, the man goes hunting one day and comes back, and the dog has taken the shape of a woman.
1: Uh, fine. <laughs> they repopulate the earth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this weird, like, half-dog lady and this guy. Yeah, but also, like, also the like the, the, like, dude hero... You know, dream of like my only companion is my dog. Oh, wait, it's a hot woman. Everyone wins. And by everyone, I mean the man. Yes, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) The more things change, the more they say the same. Um, So the Aztecs have
2: another story where it's basically human couple survives the flood. Great. Uh, This time they survived um, without God intervention uh, by hiding out in a hollow vessel so smart they're smart basically until they start cooking fish because they need to eat the gods smell the smoke in the cooking meat oh shit and then they get turned into either dogs or monkeys it depends on the translation and then what happens to humans nah. who knows
1: yeah <laughs> doesn't matter wow yeah. i i don't think i've ever heard of a religious or mythological story where the gods have a sense of smell yeah you no, know well god does in uh, genesis has a sense of smell yeah what happens he like so if you look
2: at the story of cain and abel abel is more favored because he makes meat sacrifices and it says in the story like god likes the smell of burning meat oh so like man yeah genesis is weird because it's got two versions in it it's got like uh, the priestly version yeah. And the um
1: fit for you know uh, church consumption, right? <laughs>
2: and the Yahweh's version, Um and one is more like God is omnipotent and like you know he's just a floating being made yeah. of light and energy, and then the other one is like God is like a dude, kind of like the like Zeus is a dude, like right? He walks around, he smells has a body, stuff, he like stuff. gets on the ground to make Adam instead of just like snapping his fingers and then a human being right. there, so.
1: Wow. Pulls Eve out of Adam right from Wow. I have to, we have to revisit the, uh, the God smell
2: at some point. We might have to do some Genesis talk at some point too. I like it. All right. And then the last one is a Mayan story. So the Mayan gods tried to create creatures that would worship them. They do it like three different times and they're just not happy with the results. Um, and do humans exist or humans don't exist No, they're making creatures. I see. And then finally they come up with humans, um, and so they decide, okay, we're going to make these humans later, but first we got to destroy all our other
1: beings. The prototypes. Um, who were all made of wood. Okay, convenient. Yeah. Set them on fire? Yeah. Well, no, flood. Uh, as, as I said it, I thought, wait, Amanda, what <laughs> this is... is w- this is a flood story. <laughs> what is the thing that the other eight stories we've covered have
2: in common? Flood story. It's water. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So, basically, it's always really interesting because it's like, a select number of people always survive. Usually there's God intervention yep. in all of our flood stories. Um, it's usually because they're, like, righteous or favored. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's no one, no one's, like, particularly, like, wily, like, except for that one story where um, the human couple survived but then got turned into dogs. Right. Um, like, no one's like, oh... There's a flood coming. There's something coming. They, Let like, me something's help. happening. Yeah, I gotta do something about it. Like it's never really right. like that. It's like they need that intervention. From they're the told gods what to do. Other- otherwise, they, they're like idiots and they're gonna drown. They rise to the occasion. Yeah, and then like you know it kind of it? goes it's about
1: floating.
0: Yes,
2: rise to the occasion. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we were talking about kelpies and selkies with like water representing like death but also renewal
1: and life exactly you know bring it all together destruction and Uh, that newer purer and cleaner world yeah right a big a big cleansing tide yeah i love it
2: gotta love those oh so basically from like a historical perspective most historians can kind of like come to the agreement like wow all these myths have flood stories there was probably a flood at some point yeah like all these all of these cultures
1: probably aren't making this shit up Yes. And like, you know, seasonal flooding is one thing, but certainly a calamitous flood event, you know, happening to all of these, you know, uh, whatever you call them, ancient civilizations, foundational Mm -hmm. civilizations, um, it would make total sense that you, you know, fold that into myth. Yeah, pretty much. And I feel like this is something that we forget in this day and age. Like we talk about, you know, the coming eco-apocalypse, right? Like the, the, you know, the global warming is going to ruin the world as we know it. Or I think maybe now that we have a longer view of our planet as not being... Eternal, You know, like we realize that that planets are made and are consumed and stars, you know, are born and die like it, it's hard for us to think about there being phases to civilizations and histories being written and lost. Um, but I think that these flood stories are are sort of inherently optimistic, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe there is something better coming after the flood yes. coming after the, um, you know, the, the calamitous event.
2: Like, finally, our world can start anew because we wiped out everything that was shitty about it.
1: Right. With every act of destruction, there is there is potential for renewal. Yeah.
2: Which I feel like a lot of apocalyptic movies kind of have. Like, once everything goes to shit, you kind of see how beautiful the world really is.
1: Absolutely. Year of the Flood by Margaret Atwood. Not quite optimistic, but a great read. Yes. I have to recommend it. <laughs> Thanks, Jules. No problem. was created by Julia Schaffini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to
2: Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter,
1: Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page patreon.com/spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings.
2: If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes.
1: It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.